Making sure you and your loved ones can live comfortably in the future starts with choices you make today. At RBC Wealth Management, they can help you make the right choices in using the assets you've built up over a lifetime. Whether it's leaving something for your loved ones, enjoying your own retirement, or giving to a favorite charity, RBC Wealth Management will help you plan for the coming years and the coming generations. Call the Quigley Group at the Eau Claire office of RBC Wealth Management at 715-858-7788 to see how they can help. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Well, here we go with another edition of the Dose of Dog podcast presented by our friends at Embark. Check them out online. Check them out on social media. You know, when we're doing this podcast, just through the window here, <laughs> and we got Heather with us as always. Through the window is the, the grooming section here. And uh, Heather, you get to look and see uh, a bunch of dogs getting trimmed and propered <laughs> do. Uh, throughout the course of the day. <laughs> Sometimes they stare at me. It's kind of a, the window is... I call it the interrogation window because this office was like the manager's window at some point, And it's kind of um, like that darker shaded. So I think the dogs try to see what's in here and it's difficult for them <laughs> to see through the glass. <laughs> you can look it's and always see entertaining. That. You can look and see them. But they <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can't see me. Uh, they've got that, of course. They've got uh, training classes. Heather leads uh, those. And I know she had just done one before she came here. Lots of stuff. Check them out again online now mm -hmm. uh heather what we're going to talk about today we are in uh, winter time it's cold people don't necessarily always think about going outside for walks but people will still be walking their dogs walking their dogs in the winter and of course some people will be hearing mm -hmm. this by the time they hear it the snow will have melted and you want to be outside again. yeah so being outside <laughs> with your dog is something that you look forward to doing sometimes you have to do when they mm -hmm. need to uh, go potty but it is a uh almost a prerequisite get outside with your dog and today you want to talk about this is a tongue twister here loose leash walking <laughs> loose leash walking yeah the you know the like holy grail of dog training right so you know it's one of those skills that that i think people feel successful as a dog trainer <laughs> if their dogs will do two things and one of those is come when called um under any context and the other is loose leash walking i feel like those are kind of the the two things that people say will <laughs> make them feel most successful a lot of the time so so how do you get success in loose leash walking because um there's a lot of information out there gosh i just went through this last night or yesterday i guess with a client on how do you disseminate information that's on the internet because holy cow is there a lot of stuff thrown at you and and I'm going to say, and, and anecdotally perhaps, that most of the information out there, I, I would say the YouTube channels that get the most hits in terms of dog training probably don't have the best information, which is quite sad, isn't it, to say that a lot of the information out there is not aligned with the most progressive information that we have out there. So um, so I will, I will be your guide. <laughs> in kind of disseminating some of the information that is good and some of it that is bad. Um, and when I say bad, I just mean it's what we used to do, you know, back in the, you know, early days of dog training before, um, 
we really had kind of evidence and research to kind of show how you change behavior in a learner. And so a lot of the information that we have is kind of outdated. Um, and, and, and it may have worked, but we have better ways to do things. Um, people say, well, you know, 20 years ago, this is how I taught this and this is what I did. And I will say, yes, but 20 years ago, we also smoked on airplanes and we don't do that anymore either. So there is better information and better ways to do things, um, you know, in this day and age. So, so we're going to dive into loose leash walking. So, uh, and again, I think, like I said, it's kind of the, the end all be all sometimes of, of how you feel, <laughs> how well your dog is trained, um, if they can walk nice on a leash. And, and, you know, it's a skill that needs to be taught. And we'll take a look at how you get that skill and, and what that looks like. Because I think, again, there's a lot of information out there on, on how you get it. Um, and I think a lot of it is not necessarily good information. Um, so let's, um, we'll kind of talk about that. So, you know, we get these puppies, like little tiny puppies that are, you know, the world is new to them. We want to take them everywhere. And so from baby, when we get a puppy, they tend to just pull on their leash because they want to get to places and they want to access reinforcement that is around them in their environment. And so we often will allow that, I guess, or, or, or let them pull on their leash. And then they reach a point where they get a little bit older and bigger and you have a bad back or a bad rotator cuff. And now it's just annoying <laughs> because they're pulling. And, and really in that context, the only thing that really changed is that the dog grew up, you know, when they were an eight pound little puppy, it, it wasn't that difficult to walk them, but now they're, you know, approaching 45 pounds, 50 pounds, 60 pounds. Um, and now they're a lot stronger. So this is a skill that, that we want to start when your dog is young. So let's talk about why dogs pull. And again, this is where the information is kind of jumbled um, out there on the internet. Like a lot of people will say, well, your dog is pulling because they want to be alpha and they want to be in front and they want to be, you know, ahead of you. But honestly, the reason that they are pulling is because they want to access reinforcement in their environment. And so there's, it has absolutely nothing to do with being alpha or being dominant or any of that silliness. Um, they just are, they want to access things in the environment. And if they can pull and pulling is successful, they're going to continue to do it. Um, and, and, you know, if you guys go back and you listen to the previous podcast on why dogs do things and why they do what they do, you'll learn that reinforcement builds behavior. And that behavior is always driven by the consequence um, in the end. And if the consequence to the learner that's pulling on a leash is that they get to go smell that bush, then they're going to pull to get there. <laughs> and so I think it's our responsibility as a pet person that we teach them what what we want them to do in that context. And you know, loose leash walking is one of those things that I think a lot of people don't actually teach it as a skill. I think a lot of people will slap a some kind of a collar or something on them um, and they'll just say, okay, now you're going to learn to walk on a leash and, and maybe that collar or harness might be aversive to them. It might be painful, it might, um, cause them to not want to pull, but that doesn't mean you're actually teaching them the skill of loose leash walking. So, so we want to actually teach the dog the skill of what loose leash walking would look like. Um, and again, dogs will pull for a lot of reasons. You know, if, if, if we think about this and we think about 
our past history with our dogs, you know, there are so many times where you're standing with your dog and you're talking to your neighbor or you're mindlessly kind of going out the door to, to, you know, take your dog for a walk or you're walking into a building to go to a training class or your whatever the context might be. Think about all the times you've allowed pulling or you have allowed that dog to get to, to a place that they want to get to. So in effect, you have reinforced their pulling. I mean, if they really, really, really want to get to that bush to smell and you kind of were talking to on, you know, on your phone to someone and you allowed your dog to get to that spot. Well, then that behavior has been reinforced. And so in the dog, in the learner's mind, that behavior um, of pulling allowed them to access something that they wanted. And so, so we are just as guilty <laughs> as our dog. And, you know, it's like any other training. There are two parties. Um, loose leash walking is a skill that, that, involves you actually teaching it and building a reinforcement history of doing the behavior that we're looking for. So a lot of people just put this on their dog and say, Oh my gosh, they pull and, and you know, they'll, they'll, you know, assign all of these traits to their dog because they're pulling. But, but in that context, if you are not reinforcing the position that you want and you're allowing them to access those things by pulling, you are reinforcing that behavior. So Let's just start with that. And I know sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow and we're all guilty of it. My gosh, you know, running your dog out to potty, walking into a building, um, talking to your neighbor um, as you're walking past or, or whatever. We all have let our dogs pull at some point. And so that behavior has been reinforced in most of our worlds. So, um, you know, that's one reason that, that pulling is kind of reinforced. And I think the other reason that, that dogs pull on a leash is because we just don't walk as fast as they do. I mean, if you look at most dogs, your pace um, of walking keeps your dog kind of in this awkward gait of a pace um, and not like a fast kind of efficient trot, which is a more efficient gait for a dog. So if you look at how a human walks um, and how a dog walks, you know, we we often walk really slow and, and how annoying is that? I mean, if you, you know, the analogy in the human world that I might use would be if you are um, driving, you know, a long distance with someone and you're, they're ahead of you in a vehicle, you know how when they don't use their cruise, they kind of go fast and then they go slow and then they go fast and they go slow and it's just annoying to drive with them. <laughs> and I feel like our dog is that follower in the vehicle that has to constantly adjust their speed um, to kind of stay a certain amount of distance away from the other vehicle. And oh my gosh, is that difficult and annoying <laughs> to do? So if you think about your dog, I think a lot of the times that is the, the you know parameters that we've set for them when we're walking. So think about that. So um, when you're walking them and, and even little dogs, my gosh, sometimes even small breed dogs, we don't quite walk fast enough with. So I think it really leans on us to be the person that is, is the responsible party here that's going to teach this as an actual skill. So loose leash walking as a skill. Um, first thing that we need to think about is equipment. And I know, my gosh, Anywhere you go or, or, you know, wherever you, you train at or, wh or anything you read, I guess, on the internet will say, you know, use this equipment because this equipment is going to teach your dog to loose leash walk. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, there is no equipment that teaches loose leash walking. 
you are the person that's going to teach loose leash walking. Um, you can put some kind of aversive on your dog for loose leash walking or some kind of, some kind of equipment of some sort on your dog. But the reason that equipment works is because it will, it will suppress pulling. So, you know, a uh, no pull harness, a head halter, a, um, a pinch collar, all of those things, the function of those equipment, those pieces of equipment is to suppress the loose leash walking behavior. So you don't see them pulling. But unfortunately, when you take that, that, that particular piece of qu equipment off, then you're still going to see pulling. Um, and this happens all the time, you know, if, so you use a certain part, a certain kind of equipment and the minute you take it off, the dog is going to be pulling. So I think it's it's better as a teacher to teach the skill itself rather than just allow a piece of equipment to suppress um, that pulling behavior. Um, I don't think that's fair to the learner um, to just throw something on them without actually going through the process of teaching them a skill. So um, and you know, the, the, the equipment is going to suppress that behavior just due to being uncomfortable, really. So if you have a dog that is pulling on a pinch collar, well, of course, like metal prongs against their neck is just not a comfortable thing to do. Um, a head halter, you know, um, walking in a head halter, it's uncomfortable when the dog pulls because it's kind of, um, you know, putting pressure on their head and their neck and their nose so that they don't pull. So, I, I, I know there's a lot of equipment and my gosh, that could be a 12 part podcast on different pieces of equipment <laughs> for, for um, loosely schwacking. Um, but I'm going to say, Hey, you know what? It's a skill. And, and if you just want your dog to walk nice on a buckle collar um, or a, or a, a well-fitting harness, then we have to teach that as an actual skill and go through the steps of learning um, this as an actual skill. So um, and, and I don't like to teach behavior through suppressing other behaviors. I don't think that's fair. I think that doesn't, doesn't build a good relationship between you and your dog. So, so loose leash walking. So first, you know, we have to kind of define what does that look like? Like, what does loose leash walking look like? And I don't, I don't care what it looks like. Really, you could, you get to define it in however that you want it to look. So if you want loose leash walking to look like your leash never has any tension in it at all, and it's that you or the J shape that we always talk about in, you know, old school obedience classes, um, that, that might be the criteria that you set. If you want loose leash walking to mean, hey, I want you to kind of stay in the six foot bubble around me. Um, that might be what your criteria is. But, you know, the biggest piece of this is really, really honing in on defining what do you want loose leash walking to look like? Where do you want your dog to be when you're walking them? Because I think we don't even think about that. I mean, how many times in the past have you thought about when I walk, I would like my dog to be in this exact position? Um, but give that some thought because where you want your dog to be is where reinforcement is going to be available for them. So, wherever the side or the position that you want your dog to be in, that is where um, reinforcement is going to be available. We're going to teach that spot to have a really high reinforcement history so that they learn that this is the spot that I should choose. And this is the spot that I would like to be on. So 
Um, so I want you to think about that. Where where would you like your dog to be? And it's up to you. Like, no one gets to decide that. Like, if you want the dog to be on your left, on your right, three feet in front of you, three feet behind you, it doesn't matter. Um, that is what you get to define. And I think what's missing in a lot of loose leash walking training is criteria. So have you defined the criteria that you're looking for and what you're going to reinforce? Or are you just going to randomly pop them? on a choke chain, on a pinch collar when they get out of position because that is not teaching a learner where they need to be. And that's just unfair and abusive in my opinion. So, and, and you know, I came from, oh my gosh, I, I've been doing this for a long time, you guys. I mean, I used to throw pinch collars on all dogs, um, you know, before I really understood behavior and contingencies and criteria and the function of, of what behavior should look like. Um, until I got smarter, <laughs> I guess I would say. So um, first we have to define the criteria of what you want that to look like. Now, I don't mean a heel. Um, we don't even teach a heel. We teach a heel in competition obedience, but when I'm walking, I don't care where you are. I would just like you not to pull my arm off. So heel is a very technical, in, in my opinion, how we teach it, is a, a really technical position with a lot of very clear cr criteria on where the dog should be and what that position is going to look like. And I would never make my dog go for a walk in heel position. Um, you know, walking should be something that they enjoy as well as I do. And I'm not going to make them walk in a really specific position, um, an entire walk. I mean, healing is something I would do for like 30 to 60 seconds at a time. Um, and I'd use it under very specific conditions. Now, there might be times where you're walking into the vet or, you know, you're passing a dog where you want them nice and close and maybe you'd use a little heel cue then. But today we're going to talk about loose leash walking. So, um, so again, first define the criteria that you, where you want them to be. Um, um, and so you get to define what does that look like for me? Um, am I walking my dog on a six foot leash? Am I walking them on a 10 foot leash? Like, what does that look like? And, and loose leash walking is going to be different than like sniff walks. You know, we've talked on here quite a bit about um, scenarios in which you let your dog sniff. So those walks are probably going to look a lot different. You know, typically those dog, those, those walks are on a harness and a long line and you're kind of letting the dog move in a natural state. Um, you know, they move left and right and they smell and they stop and they smell. So those walks are going to be a lot different than like walking in your neighborhood where you, they're not allowed as much freedom of movement because there are people's yards and traffic and people on bikes. So, so loose leash walking. So first let's define where you want the dog to be. Okay. So everyone in their head have a spot in which this is kind of where I'd like them to hang out. That is the spot where, where reinforcement's going to be available. We call it the takeout window. So if you take in loose leash walk class here or puppy class or real life rover, um, we call that the takeout window. So food is available at the takeout window. So the more you check back into that takeout window, the more reinforcement is going to be available to you. And, and again, that's a very specific criteria too. So, so this is the spot where, where reinforcement is going to be available, not three feet ahead or four feet behind or whatever, but this is the exact spot um, where reinforcement is going to be available. And if you, if you think about this, like, like a takeout window, you know, think about when you have pulled up to a coffee shop and you just go a little bit too far ahead of the takeout window and you have to like back up. Like there's just this really clear cut line in which I've pulled up too far or not quite enough. And so it's a very specific position that you have to kind of have your vehicle in, in that moment. So loose leash walking, I want you to kind of um, think about 
that when you when you kind of think about what loose leash walking might look like. So, so first we're going to define where we want them to be. Okay. And I like, I like a non-restrictive harness for walking because there are going to be times where the dog does pull. Um, we sell a balance harness and what you want to look for in a harness is full range of motion of their shoulder. Um, I really like the balance harness, um, the freedom harness, the rough wear harnesses are nice. Um, so there's a lot of good harnesses that are going to give the dog, um, full range of motion of their shoulder. Um, you know, a dog's neck is just so darn sensitive. I mean, I do canine massage and I've done it for, oh my gosh, 2005, 2006. <laughs> um, so I'm really comfortable with, with <laughs> like anatomy of muscles. And man, there are a lot of really important muscles that run down that dog's neck into their shoulders. Um, and putting pressure on them. I know for myself, like I have kind of a, um, mid back, upper back kind of issue sometimes. And even just carrying like a purse, um, in, in certain contexts is really annoying to my neck. And so I will sometimes, um, kind of think about that if you put a, a collar on a, on a dog and they pull. Um, so, so I like a non-restrictive harness. And again, you know, there's that whole myth. If you go back to like the dog training myths about harnesses teaching a dog to pull, no equipment teaches a dog to pull. Behavior is driven by consequence. The function of the behavior is what's going to drive kind of that dog to do things. Um, you know, it's all about managing the contingencies and, and what contingencies are, are happening kind of in that context. So, so people that are saying a harness teach a dog to pull, don't understand how learning occurs. <laughs> um, because you don't just put a harness on a dog and they're like, Oh, now I pull. It is all what the person holding the leash, um, and access to what reinforcement is around them is what is going to, to make that dog pull. So, so that is just, a silly statement from people that don't understand like contingencies and, and um, you know, the function of what behavior does. So let's just put that one to bed. <laughs> so uh, loose leash walking. So, so in order to teach it, the, the meat of the matter is we kind of have the takeout window in which we are going to reinforce the dog for checking in there. So, as you're walking, let's make that spot where you want your dog to check in really, really valuable. So that spot that we are going to reinforce them for checking in is going to have a really fabulous reinforcement history. So let's say that you want your dog on your left and you want them to kind of stay um, on your left side, kind of close to your body. And you've, you've made that definition and you have defined, this is where I want my dog to be. So that's where reinforcement's going to be available. So when you start doing loose leash walking, you're going to start this in your kitchen at like three o'clock in the morning, which I know seems utterly ridiculous because who needs loose leash walking in their house at three o'clock in the morning. But we want to make, if you want to make the dog successful, we have to start in an environment with a, not a lot of distraction. So I don't know about your house, but three o'clock in the morning at my house, nothing's really going on. <laughs> so um, you're going to start loosely walking your kitchen. You've got your dog, you've got their leash on, and you're going to start reinforcing in that position. So you're going to take like one step the dog comes into the takeout window, you're going to reinforce them there. And then maybe you're going to take two steps. 
They're going to check in at the takeout window. You're going to reinforce that. So you're going to start in your kitchen um, because, my gosh, if you can't get this behavior in your kitchen at 3 o'clock in the morning, there is no way you are going to go outside on like a nice Saturday morning um, when everyone's walking their dog and get this behavior. So, so you're going to start with really easy environment you know inside is familiar there aren't all the smells and the p-mail to read like there is outside when you're passing the bushes so you're going to start this behavior in a really easy context and then the goal is that as your dog builds success you're going to take this behavior into another room in the house and then maybe your garage and then maybe out in your driveway and then perhaps like a little bit down the road and then um you know, just adding, slowly adding more distractions um, into that environment. Um, and the biggest key here is that we are making sure that we are reinforcing the heck out of the dog when they come into that, like, takeout window. So where we want the dog to be is where we're always going to be reinforcing. So you're going to start in your kitchen when your dog is successful in your kitchen, which means you can kind of walk around the kitchen and they're kind of always looking to that spot for reinforcement. Then you can go into a harder environment um, once they manage that. And when I say harder environment, like one that is like maybe a tiny step up from the kitchen. So, you know, the living room and then maybe another environment that looks like, you know, one of the kids are walking by or they're playing on the floor Um and then you'll go outside. And then once you go outside, we're going to start building success in, in that position. Um, now, harder with an older dog, of course, because they might have a reinforcement history um, of being able to pull. So we're up against a, a hab habitual kind of puller. Um, and so we have a, a lot of history to kind of unravel. And when I say habit or habitual, I mean, gosh, you guys, if you really think about it, a habit is simply just a behavior that has a reinforcement history. <laughs> and so if you want to create a good habit, um, like any of us in any of our lives, when we think about habits, um, all it is is a behavior that has a really strong reinforcement history that, that doesn't really need to be reinforced that much. Okay, like brushing your teeth. Um, as a kid, I guarantee you probably needed a lot of reinforcement to do that behavior. But as an adult, you probably don't need that much reinforcement to do it because it's habitual. Like we just do it because we do. Um, and that's that's how training works, right? We build a really strong reinforcement history um, and then we don't need quite as much feedback as we go along um, until it just becomes kind of a habitual um, habit. And the goal with loose leash walking is that whatever you have on them, whether it is a, you know, beautiful, you know, Amish leather leash, or you have a, um, you know, a, a tiny piece of rope that you found in the garage, that this behavior is the same regardless of the equipment that you have on them. So the biggest key are going to be reinforcing the dog in the position that you want them to be and making sure that when they do pull, they're not accessing, um, you know, motivators in the environment that they might want. Um, because if you allow them to do that, or if we set up the environment so the dog has a lot of competing motivators in that environment, of course they're going to try to access them, their dog. So our goal is going to be to kind of control those until your dog has enough success in this behavior that they can, they can do it um, in those environments that are going to be a lot more challenging. So that's the very beginning of loose leash walking. There's a lot more to it. Um, but, you know, <laughs> heading into winter in Wisconsin, it might be a good place to kind of start this in the house. 
Um, and again, we're, 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 you know, up against a lot of natural behaviors in our dogs, like smelling and sniffing and reading female and smelling the bushes and where the neighbor dog, you know, you know, walked in your yard. Um, but man, it's so fabulous once you get it. Um, and it's so fabulous to know that you didn't need any kind of ridiculous equipment to get that behavior. Um, you know, it's kind of like my, my analogy I give to classes is it is like driving, <laughs> you know, you, I know for myself, I learned to drive a stick in a parking lot in Tilden at like 10 o'clock on a Friday night. Um, and it took me a while before I was actually ready to drive to Minneapolis to the airport at five o'clock on a Friday. <laughs> so though that level of distraction and that level of um, difficulty, I slowly increased over time. I didn't just jump from loosely walking in my kitchen to loosely walking outside. So I want everyone to define their takeout window. Um, we're going to build a really strong reinforcement history in that takeout window so that your dog understands where they need to be. Um, and we're going to start there. And then if you need more help, we do offer a loose leash walking class and we kind of start, um, at, you know, a very basic level of just paying that little check-in when they come to that spot. Um, and then slowly building that behavior out from there. So we're starting with a huge amount of reinforcement history in that spot and then slowly building to the dog, um, building the dog that can, you know, walk through crowds and walk through environments that are a lot more difficult. And they know that the spot that they need to kind of check in where they've had a huge reinforcement history is going to be near you and not kind of near all the bushes. So go forth and uh, do some loose leash walking in your kitchen. Um, and if you need some help, um, take a look at our loose leash walking class or give us a call.